you know, when we do the show every week, we usually talk a little bit about, you know, talk about some games and we talk about the news and, and kind of that kind of shit. But got to tell you, this week, we're almost ignoring the news here on Dense Pixels. Welcome. I'm your host, Brad. Joining my big host, Micah. Hey, yo. And that is because uh, we're going to talk about experiences playing video games, uh, a particular <laughs> video game, mostly, but other video games as well. And so, like, so, you know, two weeks ago, sorry, we didn't have a show last week, but I'm kind of glad we didn't because it's given Micah time to, you know, to really get into things. Um, two weeks ago, uh, Micah's FOMO struck him hearing me <laughs> jubilantly praise El- Elden Ring. He had to literally buy it on the show. And Micah was kind of radio silent for most of the week. So I was, you know, I was curious to see how he was taking things uh, in this yeah. game that he wasn't sure if he wanted to play. And then on March 10th at approximately 4.49 p.m. Uh, standard time, because it was before daylight savings, before the clocks moved, uh, Micah sends a message to the our, our group chat that we have uh, where he just says, fuck and it's a screenshot <laughs> of him dying uh with margit the fell omen only having like i don't know two hits left in their health bar <laughs> and i was like that's when i knew that's when i knew that micah was uh was good to go in elden ring yeah yeah so <laughs> I, my my uh my elden ring journey is uh is um you know i i i bought it on the show but I didn't play it immediately because uh, I was still in the middle of a cyberpunk replay. And, um, you know, after the 1.5 patch, I wanted to see how things shaked out. I don't hate that game, uh, but it's it's fun to, like, dunk on that game mm-hmm. because, like, because of everything that happened. But I don't hate that game. Um, boy, is it just a tale of two different types of <laughs> the same type of game. Um, I was playing cyberpunk and, you know, it's, it's, you look at that map and it's points of interest, things to, you know, like, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Or it's them telling you, Hey, go to this thing because this is where the fun is. Go here because this is where the fun is. Go over there because this is where the fun is. And then that fun is like subjective, right? Like go over here and shoot somebody in the face and then walk away. Like that's not necessarily fun, but you know, it all depends. Then I started Elden Ring. Hey, you know me, I'm I'm Bill Weeb, right? So I I pick uh <laughs> I pick a samurai. <laughs> I pick a samurai, <laughs> right? And I I spend an hour making my character. Uh, the only black hair choice they have other than crew cut and bald is nappy headed. Uh, but you know what? I picked the nappy headed, uh, uh, hairstyle for my black dude. Uh, gave him a, gave him a bum eye, gave him an eye patch, got the flesh tone the way I wanted it. Like the character creator is robust, especially for a character that's pretty much just going to be in armor all day. Yeah. I mean, Lisa, I, I, I spent, I spent a fair amount of time on mine and I, and I picked the confessor and I spent the game either in the confessor's like hood that he starts with, which completely obscures the character unless you spin the camera around during a cutscene, or I got like an imp cat helmet 
um, early in the game that has super high defense, but it it, it completely encloses my entire head with like an <laughs> with like an imp uh, with like an imp visage. So, so I I get in. I completely bypassed the tutorial. I did uh, as not did know I. there was a tutorial. As did I. <laughs> because, because, like, it, because, like, you know, you saw the messages on the ground. That's like, oh, like, trust and jump down here. Like, that seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, exactly. Like, no. This no, seems like a lie. <laughs> Liar ahead. And um, so I go out into the open world, and I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, because the controls are weird. It's... You know, the, the samurai starts out with a katana and a bow. And, and it took me a minute to try and, like, figure out what's going on. And and then, like, the – and this is past the first unbeatable boss, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is out onto the steps or the first step where the tree sentinel is. And I'm like, that thing looks really big and it looks like it's going to kill me. But, like, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, let's, let's fucking go, right? <laughs> and then, bam, one shot it. And I'm just like, wow, dude. So I'm going around and I'm trying to make my way. And, and I'm not having a good time. And I'm fighting uh, smaller enemies, but, like, I'm having trouble figuring out what to do. And I'm like, I'm not having a good time. So I go back to playing... Uh, cyberpunk and then i'm like uh man larry let me try this thing out one more time i pick a confessor and the confessor starts with a sword and a shield Mm -hmm. and now i actually do the tutorial right like i actually trust the the messages and i actually like oh there's a tutorial here oh this is how you block this is how you do this this is how you do that oh this is a special button okay and i'm i'm playing and i'm like okay I kind of get how to block. I kind of get like how to do uh, certain moves. Let me try back to this samurai again because like the weeb in me really wants to be a samurai, right? I really want to be a samurai, right? So I said, all right, let me go back. Let me just equip a shield and just like not use the bow for a while until I get the hang of the combat, right? And then it clicks. And how to play the game is it just it's one of those it's it's like a baby learning things like in the world, how to how to maneuver yourself in the world. And I get it. I see why people are saying that this is brilliant, because it's an experience that the only other time I've had an experience like this is when I was playing those Final Fantasy MMOs where you didn't know anything and you got to kind of do your research to figure shit out. And, and like, they don't even give you a map, you know, they don't give you a map. You got to find the map, you know? And, um, and then I get the hang of it. And then I, and then I'm killing more enemies and then I'm dying a lot. Like I'm dying a lot. And then I find like, I, I'm, I'm going, I'm on extra life. Right. And I'm looking at all the different builds and, I'm like, well, there's a samurai bill that I want to, that I want to, that's my goal, right? I want to get this veil katana and I want to be this type of like magical samurai. And it's, it's a goal that I set for myself that I was able to accomplish. And yeah, man, 32 hours and 68 levels later. I'm st- I'm, I'm in love with this game, man. Oh, you've even I'm exceeded so- me in, in playtime and, uh, 
and progress so far as far as as far as leveling up. I don't know where you are in the game as far as doing stuff. I'm on um I'm on the Atlas Plateau. Okay. So you're further than me then cuz I'm I'm I just got to Ray Lucaria, but I didn't want to do that dungeon yet, so like I'm just fucking around in in Lemuria right now. Okay. I wanted to I wanted to get through Ray Lucaria because that's where you respect. Right, right, right. And and uh and look, look, I I'm terrible at games, guys. I'm terrible at games. Uh, especially now there's no shame in my game. When I say that I had to call on help for some of these bosses. Oh, there's no shame at all. I mean, again, it's, it's part of the game. Like it's there for a reason. Like you shouldn't have to like that. That's, you know, people that are like souls veterans that are really good. Like, Oh no, you got to solo each battle. And like even summary spirit ashes is bullshit. I'm like, no, like I want to, I want to make progress in the game. I'm not trying to fucking, hurdle myself you know into these giant bosses like i like i tried godric by myself a couple times like like i was like see you know let's see what what i can do just me and it wasn't going that great like i like basically like the best fight that i had against godric solo like i got him to his to his second phase and so i was like you know i'm having a good time like it's fun like i'm not like i'm not frustrated like i'm just like man like he's really tough Maybe, you know, I don't know if I was under level. I was like level 32 or something like that when I when I took on Godric. Um, but I was like, let me just get a summon in here. Like, let me just get someone's, you know, someone, a cooperator um, offline to come in and just help fucking wreck house in this dude. And it's fun. Yeah, man, it really is. And um, I, I got to tell you, man, like. I was I felt a real sense of accomplishment when I got my Moonveil katana because like you have to solo a dragon like you don't have to solo it mm-hmm. but like but that particular dragon isn't like a main boss so there's not a lot of like cooperators like just kind of waiting for you so I had to go in there and solo it and it's not a terrible like it's not a terribly hard fight but um I felt a real sense of accomplishment killing it. You know what I mean? And like, I was like, fuck yes, I got my fucking katana, man. And, um, and then I'm, I'm on extra life and I'm looking at the Moonvale katana build that he has. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is pretty awesome. And it's like, well, you got to get these three things too. And I'm like, fuck, I got to get these three <laughs> things too. And, and I went, but like, that was like, it, it, it set, I set my own goals and I, everything that, everything that all of these companies, um claim their open world game is like oh you can do this you can do that it's not though they, they mm-hmm. like with those games it's very much not even a not even a carrot on a stick it's 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 hand holding with a carrot on a stick and that's fine that's fine right especially if you have like a very focused story that you're trying to tell but this is the this is one of the very few games that I I jump in and it's this is a true open world game to me. And there are places that I am discovering, there are enemies that and now I'm strong enough that I'm not afraid to like fight people. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think you know, I think I'll, one of the worst I think one of the worst things I could have done as a new souls player is to start the game with the shield because I I feel like that if you don't know how to play these games, you probably over rely on the shield too much and you kind of yeah. like you kind of use it too frequently and i think it took me a, l- a long time to figure out like you got to be a little more aggressive 
during big enemies, like instead of like taking your shield out, like why don't you just two hand your weapon and do more damage yep. and just dodge and That's shit it. like that and, and start doing that kind of stuff. Once once <laughs> I figured that out, like I I I, I feel like I'm gaining levels quicker because I felt like gaining levels was pretty slow going or early yeah. on for me at least. Um, but now that I've taken a little bit more of an offensive tact, um, it's, it's been working out pretty well. And I'm also building around like, I'm, I'm not following any build guys right now. Like I'll wait till I get to, till I beat Ray Lucaria so I can respec and, and kind of like dump points in the way I want to. I did find the, the bloodhound fang, which is a curved great sword, which has been pretty fucking fun to use. And I'm using like a shitload of incantations right now. Yeah. Which are pretty fun. Yeah, man. It's um it's 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 great. It's great. Like I can't believe it, right? Like I I was worried that it would be like overhyped, right? Because this mm. game is getting universal acclaim. And I'm like, yo, nothing is that good, right? Like nothing is is a is a masterpiece. Ah, yo, this pretty much is, man. Like I feel like I'm I feel like I'm growing at a rate that that um like I, it's one of the few games that I actually feel like I am naturally getting stronger instead of just like, I don't know, because you can, you can grind and, and you can farm runes. That's another thing, you know, like I was not used to, um, to there being one economy, like one source mm-hmm. of currency for literally everything. And, um, and the fact that you can lose it, which is like another MMO thing. Like if you die, you essentially lose experience. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Final Fantasy, you had to kind of, you had to kind of. I, I can't remember if you had to if you lost it and then like had to kill the same thing to get it back. But, but yeah, man, it's um, this is this is this is this is pretty great. Like it almost. <laughs> It almost makes me want to go back and see what those other Souls games are like, but I oh. feel like I wouldn't. I, I feel like I wouldn't enjoy them as much because of like I, I've never played them, but I assume that they're mo- mostly like levels mm-hmm. and and not necessarily um, not necessarily like I have the freedom to run away <laughs> when I'm getting my ass kicked, and in this game, and um, yeah, I. I I don't know. I might go back and and play a couple of them. I'm probably at least going to check out Bloodborne at some point after I'm done messing around with this, because that that's the one that that that, that's like the de facto people say is the best one to play. Which one was the one that was released on PS5? That was uh, 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 that was Demon Souls. That was Demon Souls. Demon Souls. Yes. Okay. Yeah, man. I so my thing is, um, I don't. I don't really know about armor, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm getting, I'm trying to, um, I can't equip heavy stuff, right? Cause if mm-hmm. you equip heavy stuff, you have a heavy load, which makes you, um, which makes your dodging, uh, worse. And, and, and if you max it, you can become encumbered. So you can't do anything. So I'm carrying a, a max medium load, but, like I still take I, I when I take a hit I take a fucking hit man <laughs> and it is uh like I I gotta see if there's something out there that I can that I can kind of keep a max medium load but at the same time like I'm carrying a staff you mm-hmm. know what I mean I'm carrying a katana and a staff um I had to drop my bow uh, and I had to learn a couple spells just for like ranged stuff but yeah man 
I can't I can't sing the praises of this game enough, man. Like I have been I have been obsessed with with playing this game. And it's funny because uh, like be even though because the story is told the way it's told, like very loosely and through small dialogue choices and through items in the game and stuff like that, like you can kind of talk about stuff that's in the game and it's not really spoilery. Like, like yeah. you can talk about encounters that you've had and stuff like that. Did you meet the Pope turtle, Micah? Yes, I did. <laughs> I, bought the, I, first, uh, I bought the I bought the great sword from her. Yeah. <laughs> when I uh, when I first when I first walked in there, like I thought there was like I was like, why is there a pope hat on a rock? And then like it's like, oh, you could talk right. to the pope hat. I'm like, oh, it's a turtle. I was like, it's a pope turtle. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this thing? I'm like, I'm not I'm not getting near that thing, man. I'm not getting near that. Like that's uh, big things. I need to assess. You know what's going on. Yeah, but. Um, but yeah, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm on these, I'm on these wikis and I'm like, all right, well, how do I, I need, I need somber smithing stones to upgrade this particular katana. And, and now I'm at the point where I'm like, yo, I want to, I want to be able to carry any katana, katana, right? Like right now my spec before was like heavy decks mm-hmm. and then like decks, decks one strength two. And, um, and I can hold like a, a, a couple of different types of katana because my strength was, was high enough. But because I have a magic sword, now I have to like up my intelligence more. And but but I can't carry my other katanas because which means I can't do I can carry them, but I can't do the special ability that they have, the the uh ashes of war. And I like some of them, man. Like I like I like the dex build I had going, but I also like this this uh this magic katana build that I have going. So the goal is to eventually combine the two of those. But that is a long road to hoe, uh, given the way experience works. Um, yeah, because you're probably—I you mean, know, you're probably at a point where you need like twenty-five thousand runes to just. To I need twenty-seven thousand right runes to level up once. Yeah, and um, and and I'm at the point where like I'm hitting soft caps, so some of these things aren't really um, doing a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my my vigor is up to forty, and I think that's like the first or the second soft cap. Um, ain't putting any more in towards the other soft cap would only get me like fifteen extra health, and I'm like, all right, well, that's that's no good. Um, so I got to figure out what I'm at. I'm at a soft cap for vigor. I'm at a soft cap for intelligence, and I don't think I'm at a soft cap for dex. But I don't think I really need dex with this particular katana. But I might want to put them in there. So anyway. It's a lot. There's a lot of fucking runes, man. And like my little farming, little farming location in um, what is this? Where is this place? Uh, the red section on the map. Um, oh, the Cairn or whatever it's called, or Kalid or yeah. Khaled. Kalid. Yeah. I, yeah. There's a there's a there's a, a farming section that I go to when I just need like some quick runes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, or if I'm like at a level cap and I need to like get like. 10,000 runes really quickly. I can do a couple of runs in this farming area. But um but I don't want to like that's a huge investment now, man. Mm-hmm. It's a really really big investment. Um I mean, so you know how the weapons work, right? Cuz it took me it took me a little bit to figure out how the weapons use your stats in the game or or how how your armaments use your stats in the game. So, from what I understand, you have the weapons have a scaling mm-hmm. like letter grade. Yes. And, and depending on what your stats are, 
uh, versus that particular weapon. Like my one katana, I was doing, I was one shotting these things with like ten uh, at like ten forty six, right? Mm-hmm. But that was my dex katana. My dex was at thirty, and um, and that that was the thing. But the scaling was at like a D, mm-hmm. right? And now I'm one shotting those things at like fourteen seventy six with my magic katana, but my intelli- and my intelligence is at a thirty, but the scaling is a C. Mm-hmm. So it's doing more damage, even though the base damage is less than my Nagakiri. Right, because your because your bonus damage is higher. Like it took right. it took me forever to figure out like what the base number and then what the what that plus number was next to it. Like it took me a while to figure yeah. that plus number was actually what you were getting extra based on based on how the weapon scaled. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, that that is the one thing is that they they don't do a lot to teach you how to play, like what's going on no, in the game as far as like the systems. So, you know, like Mike said, like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to look at guides and stuff like that, at least to get like a baseline understanding of what it is that you're doing. So that when you put an ashes of war on, on your weapon, or, you know, if you, if you're deciding to choose one weapon over the other for specific encounters that you understand, like how that's working essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like I said, I've, I've continued to have, just a really good time playing it. Like even just fucking around like before we got on the show today, like I, I had 45 minutes to kill. I'm like, ah, I probably can't do much in 45 minutes. No, there's, there's quite a bit I could do. Like I found a ruin and, you know, got, got some fucking items and, you know, found another NPC advanced their side quest line, gained a couple levels, came across some enemies that I'd never seen before. Uh, got my arcane high enough that I could uh, equip an incantation that just blows, fucking like dragon breath in front of me for 30 feet and fucking cooks everything. I'm like, that's pretty cool. So yeah, like a lot can be done in this game in a very short amount of time. Like I walked in, I, you know, I walked in this village and all of a sudden there's like this fucking, I have Sauron that's, you know, driving me mad. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, like, like shit just happens in this game and you don't know what the hell, what the hell is happening. And that's a lot of fun. It is, man. The uh, the checkpoint system. Checkpoints aren't too far away. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Sites of Grace uh, or what they call it in game. They're not too far away. Um, I uh, uh, which is appreciated. Um, yeah, man. You feel this game gives you a, a good feeling of accomplishment when you when yeah. you're able to like <laughs> take something down, especially because everything is fucking huge, man. Everything is huge, and damn near everything wants to kill you. Yeah. There, so I so I walked into the study hall in Lemuria, um, just to mm-hmm. kind of explore because I happened upon it. So I'm like, oh, let's see what's going on here. So like, they had this one encounter like pretty early on where this um, I think it's like a like a invading NPC essentially because that's the kind of how their health bars is, is situated. Where like I was fighting these like these other fucking ads and this thing like hit me with a like like a spectral like a glintstone arrow and like chunked half my health. And I, you know, died pretty quickly. So I'm just like, all right, so let me go back in here. Let me let me rush down that guy first, because if he's going to fucking shoot magic arrows at me, like I'm going to I'm going to need to get rid of him in a hurry. So I rushed him down first. Motherfucker pulls out like a magic sword and 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 two shots me, basically. Like kill, <laughs> kill, like killed me a couple of times. So I'm just like, all right, clearly I'm not supposed to be here yet. I think this is the pathway to the divine tower for this region. So I don't even need to be here until I get a great soul. So like maybe I'll just gain some levels and I'll do the Academy. And then once I have that great soul, I can come back 
and and do what I got to do <laughs> in, in, in this fucking place. Yeah, man. Um, but I don't mind that. You, like, it, like, it doesn't upset me. Like, it's it, it just like, oh, like, uh, like fucking that sucks. Like, uh, there was a cavern that I was exploring where the the boss room didn't have the mist um, preceding it. Like, you just kind of wandered in there. And so, like, I wandered <laughs> into this room and, like, all of a sudden this this boss health bar is on the screen. I'm like, oh, no. Like, what, like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> got the jump on me. The bastard. I got him back, though. So worked worked out okay, but like stuff like that, like normally, like that kind of shit would piss you off. But like in this game, I guess because you kind of expect it to happen, um, you don't mind it so much. And it's it's yeah. one of the only games where like when jank happens, it's actually kind of like a feature, not a bug. Like when an enemy gets like stuck in <laughs> like in between something, and you can just like wail away on it without fear of reprisal. Like that's actually kind of fun. Um, yeah, I've I've sat on cliff sides. And use my use that shitty like periscope that you get a yeah. couple of times. And then I've been so haste to to put it away back in my inventory, like I'm jamming circle. So like I'll put it away and then like rush off of the fucking cliff like to my death. And it just like <laughs> <laughs> fucking Elden Ring. Like you fucking game. But like shit like that, that like has bothered me. I bought that. I bought that damn telescope. I haven't used it once. Yeah, I, I, I was I, told. I was, they're they're like, oh, this is like a must buy item. I'm like, all right, let me get this fucking thing. And so, and like, you get it. It like zooms in like by point five. I'm just like, this is fucking right. useless. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> like, come on, Santa, you beat me for three thousand rooms, man. Yeah, it's just so on, stupid. <laughs> like, I could I could use that level that I that I gave up to get this fucking thing. <laughs> no, it's, so, it's yeah, it's very fun. Very fun. I'm um I'm I'm still trying to now that I'm up at a new location. I'm trying to open up. Uh, I'm kind of at an impasse and and what to do. Also, uh, one thing that I didn't know. I'm sure most Souls players know. You don't have to fight everything because if you fight everything, oh no no yeah. <laughs> no, I, I figured I figured that out very quickly. Figured that yeah. out very quickly. So <laughs> so I'm trying to um I'm trying to open up some of the map. I'm at an impasse. Like I'm close to I'm close to the big tree, but according to this map but um uh, there's a there's a blocked passageway and i got to figure out what to do so um uh, but there's a whole another region um that's like in a volcano that mm-hmm. i'm going to try and unlock uh, at least unlock the map for and see what's in there first uh because i don't necessarily want to just kind of blaze through the story yeah but um but yeah man this game is this game is something else man like i can't uh I can't I can't believe how much I'm I'm truly into it. Yeah, and, it's it's um, it's it's just got a way of kind of engrossing you and hooking you in. Um again, very much in the same way that Zelda did where it's just kind of fun fun to wander around and explore new areas and you know your curiosity gets the better of you but you're also like fucking terrified at the same time cuz like yeah. cuz you know it's a from game like I'm I'm constantly like if I'm in a in a cave or you know, a dungeon of some kind. I'm usually walking around corners with my shield up because you never know if there's gonna be, if there's gonna be someone around the other side. Um, yeah, you know, like like the Stormdale Castle was the first main dungeon that the only like what they call legacy dungeon that I've done, and that was fucking cool because that had like very distinct, um, different areas and kind of levels within it that you yeah. can sort of play through. Um, I haven't even done any of the optional bosses in there yet um i had to cheese the fucking scarab that you fight at the beginning of the game because <laughs> i wasn't that thing was tearing me up so i'm just like you know what i'm just gonna sit up here and i'm just gonna fucking shoot arrows this thing and murder it to death 
And that's fine because any any way forward in these games is is the right way forward. Yep. Uh, look, hey, hey, there is no shame uh, in in calling for help and running away and cheesing uh, enemies. Nothing. There's no shame in it. Um, yeah, man, I met a couple of these NPCs and and it's like like you could fight them if you want. I'm not mm-hmm. going to uh, because I think you you kind of kill quests. Uh, you, you can, do. but you can also um, if you accidentally aggro one of them you can um there's an item you can turn into the church of vows to kind of reset their aggro if you actually fuck up so oh okay yeah all right so in case that uh, does happen you're good to go there yeah man i've just been going around trying to collect katanas and uh, collect weapons with an arsenal yeah man and it's uh like i want to like i want to be able to i want to be able to um I don't know if I want to dual wield katanas because that's like, like very heavy, mm-hmm. and and my build is is meant on like not getting hit as opposed to like taking one hit and then giving it back. Although I do have uh I do have uh like a Sephiroth sword. It's like really really long, and I I found this this Ash of War that is just a monster of a of a of an Ash of War. Like you sacrifice a little bit of health mm-hmm. to deal like tremendous damage, to deal like one tremendous charge swing that'll take out one of those fucking big ass bears. And oh, the fucking rune hit. bears? Fuck those bears. I yeah. fucking hate those things. <laughs> when I when I stumble upon them, like because they're fast, like they can catch up to me even when I'm sprinting on the horse. They'll like, catch you and bear hug you like it's yeah. fucking oh god. Like man. I I was I was just wandering in Lemuria and I came across like regular bears which I can two shot. I'm like, "All right, cool. Fuck these bears." And then like I turned the corner and there's a giant rude bear there. I'm like, "Nope. <laughs> Fuck out of here." Not not but now. There's one of there's so I was I was fucking around and just kind of like being a bully and just killing like those little zombie guys like the mm-hmm. the, the regular zombie. Oh, I know, I, I know exactly, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and one of them I turned know exactly into a what fucking you're talking bear. About. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> one of them turned into a bear, and then I caught aggro from a from a dude on horseback. So I had to fight both of them at the same time. Like, come on, man. Like this is fucking. But this is but this is like. This is like that that random ass gameplay that that people who other companies who make games swear up and down like, well, look, this just totally happened. And like, no, <laughs> it was scripted. Like it was obviously scripted. No, this shit wasn't. This shit absolutely wasn't. I just ran, I just happened to have bad luck. And um, but yeah, man, I, I fucking I fucking love it. Yeah, it's like I said, we're we're going to be playing this for for a while, I can foresee. And like it's it's one of those games that I'm kind of excited even when I'm done, you know, going through the campaign to go through a new game plus with a completely different character and try just different ways to play and different styles and really like lean into to one build or another. So, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't want to be a warrior or anything like that, mm. but it feels like it feels like those types of classes either like all melee or all range, like all magic, not even all range, all melee or all magic feels like what the game is kind of nudging you toward. Um, Like hybrid builds, like dex builds, they aren't necessarily, it doesn't, it it doesn't feel like the game is meant for uh, 
meant for people to kind of do like yes and no just because of the way like like all the armor that you can buy or mm-hmm. all the armor that you get off of bosses and then you can buy from two fingers um the the finger reader uh it it's all it's either like you fight a bunch of like really powerful tanky bosses or you fight like super like powerful mage bosses and those are the those are the pieces of armor that you get and um so i that's why i wanted to try something a little different um but i've seen videos of people who are like mages who just like i mean but this that's like super end game stuff yeah but they're just like fucking annihilating people <laughs> just like jesus Christ. Like bosses bosses too. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> like the ones going around that like you can basically get like the fucking kamehameha and just fucking just fucking right, go, right. Like, go, go to town on like the early game bosses and shit like that so but yeah i'm i'm su- i'm so glad that you got into it um Someone asked in the post office if we were fucking around with co-op. Not yet, but I could definitely see that happening at some point if we can. Look, uh, look, I was I was desperate to get that Moon Veil Katana, and I I was that that fucking dragon. It was a, it was a magma worm, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was frustrating me. I was like, I wonder, I, I you weren't on. If you were on, I was going to ask you to come to this place to help me. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would have been of much help to you because I, I don't I don't know how the, I don't know how the game does scaling um, or if it even does do scaling at all. Oh, yeah. In there. So, yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a little under where you are right now. I'm like level 43 or something like that on my character. So. Plus, a, lo- a lot of my time, a lot of my time is just grinding out levels, too. Like, yeah, I just like and to, you know, kind of get the. Get the feel like I killed that sleeping dragon that gives you eighty thousand or seventy five thousand runes uh, for you know killing a sleeping mother, and um, and that helped him. That helped a ton, and um, and I spent. I, I'll spend just like a few. I'll spend like an hour just kind of grinding out levels or grinding for runes. Just kind of. Like, this the glintstone dragon. No, this is a dragon in Kaled, man. It's uh, a. It's a. It's a big white dragon that's surrounded by baby dragons. But if you go to like the the back side of her, mm-hmm. like she's still sleeping, the babies aren't won't come around, and you can just whack on the thing until it dies, and you get seventy five thousand runes. That's a lot of runes. <laughs> that's a lot of runes. Yeah, I was I was gonna I was getting ready to fight that glintstone dragon that that's that has the key you know the glintstone key behind him and then I was like all right you know see if we can take this on that didn't go too well so I'm like you know what I'll get the key sneak out of here we'll come back later yeah, yeah that's all I did I was yeah. like oh, no, I don't I don't need this right now I just want to get in here I want to get in here and uh, and and fight uh, and fight Rhea Lucaria or whatever the hell her name is. Um, um, to see about respecking and like, there's a finite amount of times you can respect. Right? Yes, like yeah. Well, it's contingent on having an item, right? Yeah, it's contingent on having an item, and there are a finite number of items in the world. So it's yeah, but there's enough that you can kind of you know you just got to work to get them. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. Like you can't buy them. You gotta that rune bear dropped one. So it's um that's how I was able to do it. But yeah, man, like I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to start playing this game again. I, I, I just, I just fucking loved it, man. Yeah. Like I said, I, I found as much, I found as much excitement 
playing Elden Ring as I've as I have uh, watching people play and talk about and reading about Elden Ring. So and it's it's been very cool, but very, very cool experience so far. I'm enjoying video games um, very much in general right now. And I'll tell you about the other game I'm enjoying after Micah sells some shit. Go to uh, densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, Brad mentioned the post office. Well, when you go to densepixels.com slash fans, you could drop us a line in that post office and uh, we will talk about it. We will answer your question. We will uh, shout you out. Um, go to densepixels.com slash fans. Go to youtube.com slash densepixels and subscribe. Click the uh, bell icon. Click the uh, like button. Click uh, click the like button. Do they have dislike buttons, like thumbs do- down buttons? It does have a dislike button, but it doesn't show you how many people clicked it, or it doesn't show it ah. doesn't show outward people. We like we can still see it. Okay, okay. Well, don't click the dislike button, but even if you do, it's still engagement and it still helps us. <laughs> but click the like button <laughs> at youtubecom pixels. Subscribe to all of the podcasts that we uh, are associated with wherever you get your podcasts, uh, including the Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema. We just did a uh, an episode on Lakeview Terrace, uh, a god-awful movie starring uh, a, a, pr- a pretty fun actor in Samuel L. Jackson. Um, coming distractions, uh, we have a, a uh, spoiler discussion of The Batman up there uh, and the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Then... Go to densepixels.com slash premium and sign up for $5 a month, $50 for the entire year. You get access to the premium slate of podcasts, including the airing of grievances, no time to bleed, the men with the golden tongues, upstage conversations, and the full episode of the look forward political podcast. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of things going on uh, in politics and Brad and Jay and sometimes Andy uh, do a pretty fun job of ranting and raving about it. Yeah, there is Deadfixes.com says pretty literal war going on that we'll talk about a little bit uh, later in this show. However, uh, Micah Racing is in the air. Uh, F1 season starts this weekend. Coming up, Drive to Survive uh, is out on Netflix. I've already watched the entire fourth season. I haven't uh, uh, started yet. I am going to start that this week. I'm very excited for you to to check it out. And a little game called Gran Turismo 7 came out uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And that's why I haven't been playing maybe as much Elden Ring as I might like to, because I put about 20 hours as well into GT7. And this is one of the most earnest video games that I think I've ever played in my life. In, in many ways. So the thing with GT7 is this is the first like numbered Gran Turismo that's come out in a little more than seven years. The last one came out was 2013 and it came out on the PS3 after the PS4 release. So like, so it, so it, it kind of, it was kind of, kind of got missed. Um, but the folks who make these games like really take their time on them and really like cars and not like car culture. Like they are very clearly infatuated with just cars as machines and like their beauty and their history and like how like how cool like the technological innovations are and stuff like that. And this like this whole game 
in the single player safari is like an ode to the car and <laughs> and everything that's great about fucking cars. And so like as you go through, like you're doing the normal Gran Turismo stuff where you're like doing the license challenges and you're unlocking new circuits to race on and you're getting new cars and, you know, unlocking stuff and getting progressively better and faster and more powerful cars to drive on, you know, tougher courses as you go. And the way that they handle progression in this game is that in the little Gran Turismo town that every GT game has, there's a cafe in this, in the dead center, which is kind of like the central hub. And there's an unusually well-informed barista that works at the cafe named Luca. (laughs) (laughs) Who really wants to, wants to set you on your car collecting journey in Gran Turismo. So when you go to the cafe, he he gives you like a menu book and the menu book is always like themed like, Hey, collect these three uh, Toyota Supras. So, and, and when you come back, uh, I'll teach, I'll, I'll, I'll learn you something about the history of the Toyota Supra or like, it's like, Hey, like collect these like three, you know, Japanese, like hot hatches, like these, these racing hatchbacks that are really popular throughout history. And I'll give you some, some insight onto those when you do it. And so like, he gives you a menu and to, to get these cars, you usually have to go compete in races. And, you know, if you, if you place in the race, then you get a car, the car is a gift and it, and it, you know, fills out your menu book, or you can go buy the car from either the used car area or, or the brand central that they have in the game, which is where you get all the new cars. And each area has like people that work there that are these little like chat bubbles that pop up on the screen and they have a face and they're just like, Oh, I'm so excited to tell you about all the stuff that, you know, with this car and this car has so much history. If you want to learn more about it, I can tell you. And each car has like a little, like three paragraph blurb, just like talking about the history of the car and the innovations that are in there. And, like the guy in the tuning shop, like he's like, Hey, if you need to know what a part does, like I'll, t- I'll teach you about how, how it works and this, that, or the other thing. And so, you know, you go through, you're collecting cars. When, once you fill out a menu book, you go back to the cafe and Luke, gives you a nice, like snap, like, like this nice scripted snapshot of these cars that you collected. And he's like, come back and I'll, and I'll tell you about the cars. And, and he gives you a nice little, you know, two minute history lesson about the cars that you just collected. And sometimes there's other people just hanging out in the cafe. Like there's this old man where he's like, you know, I can't remember his name, but like you can go up to him and, you know, and he'll be like, oh, like, let me tell you even more things about this car that you're driving right now. Like it's, it's like, it's so cool. And this or the other thing. And sometimes like, there's like famous car designers, like that design some of these cars that are just hanging out in the cafe that you can talk to. Like, like, but everything's like, it would be, it's, it's very corny. But because it's like such a Japan, like it feels so Japanese, like it actually feels quite like, like, like I said earlier, it feels quite earnest as you go along. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, like the tuning, like, like the tuning is where the game lives because, and this is kind of weird for me because I've played a proper Gran Turismo in a very long time. The last GT I played was Sport, which came out on PS4 and GT Sport, like when you get a car, all the tuning options are already unlocked. Like you can do whatever you want to do that car straight out of the gate. But in regular Gran Turismo, like when you buy it, you're buying it from the fact, like as the factory version essentially. And so if you want to upgrade it and be able to change like the settings on the car and stuff like that, you have to buy the upgrades for it. And you know, which costs in-game money as you go. Um, And so to like start, like the game definitely 
runs you into walls at some point. Like there's definitely some progress walls that you run into um, where if you aren't, you know, a great racer or if you're not allocating your money wisely or if you're buying too many cars and not spending enough time or time and money tuning the cars that you're getting, you might have to like grind races just to get credit so you can buy like tuning parts to upgrade those so you can advance in the in the single player, um, which is fine. Like I said, I, I don't mind that at all. And I've definitely gotten to the point where the race is like, you know, when you first start, like it's easy to win the races they put in front of you. And occasionally you have these like little, you know, sm- short tournaments or cups that you race in where you race in a number of consecutive races and they're pretty easy. And then once you start like getting the higher performance cars, like once you start getting to like the 500, 600 PV range, then things start to get a little more challenging. You actually actually have to race a little bit, which is good because the license tests do a good job of obviously explaining the proper racing technique to you so that you can, uh, so that you can do well in these tracks. But there's some that I've had, like, like the Porsche events that you had to do to, to collect Porsches. I, I hate driving Porsches in these games because they're, because they're rear wheel drive and the engines in the back of the car as well. So like, if you're a little heavy on the accelerator, the car is just going to immediately yeah, spin on you. Spin. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, and that's, that's not really my jam. Um, so like I bought a Porsche or two to buy, to buy that some of the events. Um, <laughs> As far as like the the improvement to the systems in the game, everything feels really good to drive. Um, it's like the cars feel noticeably different from one another. Um, the the you feel the upgrades like as you upgrade the car and get higher performing parts in there and start adjusting the settings. Like you really do feel it in how the car handles, especially if you're using a wheel um, when you're playing the game. Uh, they also added a lot of cool track effects in the game the big one is they have dynamic weather in the game so like weather will change as you're going through the race or like the day night cycle will change as you're going through the race and the way they handle wet weather in the game is really one of the better ones that i've ever seen because it doesn't feel like a toggle switch like it does feel progressively like things get progressively harder the hot the heavier it rains and Mm -hmm. It like much like things do in real life, like it actually does like as the cars go through the track, there is a racing line that gets created that is dry because all the cars are driving over it. So it really behooves you to follow that line as best as you can. Otherwise, you're going to you're going to lose traction. And they have like this little grip meter um, next to the next to the tires. So you can see like how much grip the car has. And it's like, as things get, as as the rain gets heavier, you'll see that grip meter start to creep up and the higher creeps, the less, the less grip the tires have to the point where like, if it gets in this top quadrant, you're basically just hydroplaning at that, (laughs) at that point. So you have to, you have to watch out. Um, Games gorgeous, uh, like a huge upgrade over GT sport. The, The only like kind of a bummer is that most of the tracks and a lot of the cars that they have in the game were in sports. So like, I'm pretty familiar with a lot of the stuff that's in here already, but the fact that they do have like the day night cycles and the different weather and, and things of that nature, um, does make it feel very fresh, but I'm having a really fuck good time. And I haven't, I haven't even gone online with this yet. Like I haven't even raced anyone in any of the online modes. Um, I've just been doing the single player and having a really fun time. I have like a hundred cars in my garage right now. Um, the only the only downer that people were were quick to point out is they do have a really gross uh, microtransaction uh, part of the game where you can basically like buy credits, which are the in game currency that you use to do stuff in the game. Mm-hmm. But the the ratios are really fucked up to the point where like if you're trying to buy a specific car 
that costs like three million credits. It would cost you like 40 real world dollars to to buy that car, which is insane. Um, (laughs) But that being said, like you can earn credits pretty readily in this game if you're willing to do the correct events. And they also gift you a lot of cars, too. So that's that's the other thing is that, you know, they, they give you a lot and they'll at least give you one car for each like style of race that's in the game so like so that you don't have to buy like if you want a supercar like that's fine to get it but they'll give you something basic that you can at least participate in those modes um without having to you know open your wallet up again for the 70 dollars game but it's it's awesome um i'm gonna be playing this for years and years and years and years like it's been it's been a really good time i don't know how long the campaign mode is i feel like it's long because there's five licenses and they do gate you at some points during the campaign where you need to acquire like the next license to go do this next, uh, this next course essentially. And Mm -hmm. they've only, I'm only up to like where they've required the second license out of five. So like, and and I've, and I've done like 40 of these menu books. So, so, so far (laughs) each, each of which has like three cars that you have to acquire, um, to, to be able to progress it. So, very a lot, a lot to do like it is a it is a proper fucking gran turismo um which a lot of people have been waiting a long time for yeah i uh last time i played a gran turismo was gran turismo 2 and um and i had all my progress erased by my little sister <laughs> um, and that just killed it that, that i, I really- get it like it's a lot of it's a lot of time and energy <laughs> That's the cool thing with the new ones is that everything's stored online. You know, it, it's like, yeah, actually, like you don't have to, you don't have to. And it's cool because like since I bought it on you know PS5, it's got the cross, you know, you can play it on either platform. Um, So like I'll go downstairs. Like I don't like to race on the controller, but I will like, you know, design liveries and stuff like that. If I'm just hanging out and don't really want to, you know, go racing like I can, you know, design some liveries on the car or my race suit or I'll take like scapes, which are like the fancy photos that they have where, you know, you, you have they have these really high resolution, beautifully shot pictures of like real, real places in the world. And you can just kind of seamlessly insert your car into the pictures <laughs> and, and like and fuck with the settings. It's it's really cool. Like it's it's a fun little thing um, to do in there as well. So awesome. good times, good awesome. times. Um, the other game I've been playing bit to my surprise, I've been playing a lot of this actually is Puzzle Quest 3. That's right. The, I, I found my annual uh, mobile game that sticks me in for for, <laughs> for several hours. Um, Puzzle Quest is a is a RPG um, that's done through the guise of a match three uh, jewel game, essentially. <laughs> and in this game, you pick a class, and each class is like four. Uh, you, you'll eventually earn four spells, which are essentially abilities. Um, that you can equip and each ability corresponds to a color of jewel. So as you're doing this match three game, um, you, you fight these enemies one-on-one and, you know, you spend your turn matching up the jewels and trying to, you know, break as many of the jewels as you can. And not only does that do damage to the enemy, but it also powers up your magic spell. So once you've broken enough of those jewels, you can unleash the spell on the enemy, which is usually like a powerful attack. And that's kind of what you, you know, what you're setting your build around is these spells. And then you also have like all this different types of gear that you can equip. Like you have a body armor and gloves and, you know, a helmet and shield and, and weapon and all the typical tropes that you typically find in a fantasy role-playing game. Um, and so you go through this story and the story 
is there and it's fine, I guess, but I'm pretty much skipping through it at this point just to, just to yeah. get to the yeah. gameplay. <laughs> um, <Play> the game. <laughs> and they have a lot of like, you know, they have the mobile game trappings where they have lots of different game modes. They have a online component, which is like a, you're playing against other players, uh, heroes essentially not in real time like you're like you it just randomly pairs you with another player hero and there's an enemy that you fight yeah. against um you know they have different you know you can you can uh do the dungeons over and over again to try to get loot and stuff like that and that's and that's the thing every time you complete a level you get a you know treasure chest of some kind and that'll have one of the 40 different currencies that exist in this game <laughs> <laughs> like like you'll get a few of those and and you can go through um i will say i am Slightly impressed uh, that I've played probably a good six hours or seven hours of Puzzle Quest 3 so far, and I felt like I've gotten to do a lot of stuff, and I haven't spent any money yet. Like, the game's free to play, but it is constantly asking you, like, it's constantly holding its hand out to be like, hey, give us money for this, give us money for that. Um, I think the prices are not well adjusted for what you're getting knowing the speed at which certain things are earned in the game. Um, so I would not encourage you to spend a shitload of money. Like they have a, <laughs> they have two different battle passes in this game, which is also ridiculous. Um, so if you're going to throw the money, I would recommend probably doing the quest pass, which is their regular battle pass. They also have a VIP pass, which is the same cost. It's like $10 a month. And that just gets you like better quality of life features. Like it gets you extra daily rewards. It lets you hold an extra chest and the, the chests are the things like you have keys that you can get to open them right away. But if you don't have a key, then you have to like, that's where the timer aspect comes into play where it's like, Oh, you like you can open this chest in six hours or you can pay like these gems or whatever to do this shit now. Um, it's it. So what I would recommend is if you're, if you're curious to check out puzzle quest, it is a game that you have to go into and when you play it, you say, I'm going to play this for 20 minutes to a half an hour. And that's all I'm going to play it today. Like if, yeah. if like, like where you would get in trouble with that game is if you try to sit there and play it for like hours at a time, because the game is just not equipped to have enough activities to let you do that. Like you really yeah. do want to just like play it for 20 minutes, come back the next day, get your dailies, do your online multiplayer, uh, you know, get your like they have a daily deals section of the store where you can spend the in-game <laughs> currency that you earn naturally to actually buy a lot of stuff to upgrade your weapons for a relatively good exchange ratio. And But they refresh once a day. So like you can go in there. You can do all that, that kind of stuff. I've been having a good time. Um, it's a great like play while you're doing something else type of thing. Lots yeah. of different ways. That, they have lots of different ways to play the game. It just you have to walk into it knowing that it's a typical ass mobile game experience that's going to be panhandling yeah. you constantly as you play, which is really annoying. Yeah. But it's I'm surprised they don't do like I play uh I play Marvel Strike Force and they refresh items like three times a day. And, and <laughs> oh, like, you can pay find- you can pay in-game gems to refresh it faster if you want to. <laughs> like, you can oh, do that in Marvel Strike Force yeah. also. Like it's like Jesus Christ, man. Like, <laughs> like come on, man. God yeah. damn. Uh, they have two battle passes uh, for two separate things, but each one of those battle passes has two tiers. So essentially four battle passes. Like it's, it's wild, man. It's wild. Don't, 
don't put money. Look, if you want to put money into a mobile game, that's fine. It's your money. You do what you want. But like, please don't go broke doing it. No, don't don't wail it. Um, <laughs> I like like my my thing with this game is I'm going to play it probably until I feel like I have to spend money to move forward, yeah. and then that's when I'll stop. Like like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give them money to progress in the game. I might kick them ten dollars for a battle pass, but I, but I just like when you look at what you get, I just don't I don't feel like it's worth it. Yeah, for what you get. So yeah, I believe it because it yeah. never is. Marvel Strike Force tried to, to say, "Hey, for ten dollars, you can get a costume of Emma Frost." Like, it better get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> a costume for ten dollars? You can get a character in a in a real game for five. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> it's been nonsense. But Puzzle Quest Three is fun. Like I said, if you if you like if you like the match three uh, gameplay, it's a good time. You know, it's fun to collect the different things and, and make your builds and that kind of stuff. But you can run multiple characters. That's that's also not a not a bad deal as well. And you kind of honestly, you kind of have to because like what, what I usually find is to, to grind materials for my main character. I have to usually run multiple characters. At lower oh, damn, levels you got rush, mules. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, oh, it's a true it's a true RPG then. In that, in that sense. <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, if you are looking to uh, spend money for things that you don't need, go to DensePixels.com <laughs> slash Amazon. When you go to DensePixels.com slash Amazon, uh, you can get what you want at no additional cost, and you will be helping us out. It is the easiest way to help us. Uh, I just bought a zester uh, <laughs> because I'm, I'm doing more cooking, and I need a lemon zester. And I zested my pinky. I zested my pinky. That's hilarious. Uh, we have we have a zester as well. Um, I've never I've never seen my wife use it so forcefully to have injured herself. <laughs> so if you want to pretend that you're a chef and then immediately be humbled by a kitchen utensil, go to densepixels.com/slash Amazon. Uh, there's a few games that have come out this week. Um, first of all, GTA Five and GTA Online is coming out the next generation consoles. Uh, apparently also GTA online being offered as a separate game for the first time. And I think on PlayStation, it's free to download for like three months and like you'll keep it forever. If you, if you download it within this time period, um, I hear like character importing is not working right now though, which seems bad. Yeah. What's the point <laughs> for, for this, for this game that's been around for nine years <laughs> at this point. Um, but look, I mean, they've done a great job supporting GTA five and it's making them a shitload of money every single yeah. year. So I, I would imagine that they're going to do the same here. Uh, Tunic is a cute uh, like Fox, like little animal Fox Zelda top down style game that people seem to be pretty jazzed about. And that's coming to PC and Xbox. So that means I might have to fire up my uh, Game Pass subscription again to, to check that out. Uh, Curious Expedition 2 comes to PlayStation and Xbox along with some DLC for that game, which is also coming to Switch, which I believe the game is already available for. Uh, Dark Deity comes to Nintendo Switch. Persona 4 Arena Ultimax comes to PC, PS4, and Switch. Uh, Star Tenders uh, comes to virtual reality consoles. This means Warp comes to PC. WRC 10 uh, comes to Nintendo Switch. Royal Frontier comes to all platforms and uh, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin 
uh, comes the PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Micah, are you excited for Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin? I um I am not. <laughs> I can't. I can't uh, look. I understand that I've played the original Final Fantasy. There's not much story there, um, but it's serviceable, right? It gets you. It gets you to where you need to 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 go, right? In terms of like JRPGs, I cannot imagine a gritty retelling of the original Final Fantasy uh, from the Team Ninja people. Like I just can't. I can't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything for me. Apparently, it can't be worse than. It looks butt ugly. Also, apparently, it it can't be worse than Babylon's Fall is, which has been (laughs) shit on mercilessly by everybody when it came out last week. Um, I feel like so. Like, remember how I joked that like we shouldn't talk about games of gold anymore because it's bullshit, and we should talk about Game Pass instead. Well, let's talk about what's coming to Game Pass for the rest of this month if you have an Xbox. So, Shredders. Uh, comes out March 17th, along with the Dungeon of Nailbuck, the Amulet of Chaos. Uh, <laughs> Tainted Grail Conquest uh, comes out on March 22nd, along with Zero Escape, the Nonary Games. So if, you, if you're into those uh, uh, interactive storytelling games, uh, Carrie has said that the Zero Escape series is very good. So check those out. Uh, Norco comes out as well in March 24th, along with F1 2021, which is coming to EA Play. On March 24th, uh, Crusader Kings 3 is coming console on March 29th. And then Weird West uh, is coming out on March 31st to console and PC. Uh, this one is from the one of the uh, le- former leads at um, Arcane, um, who left to make his own studio. And actually looks pretty cool. Um, I'm actually quite interested in checking out Weird West at some point. So got my oh, eye right. on that one. So we... It would be remiss uh, if we did not spend a little bit of time uh, talking about uh, the bad guy, talking about uh, Scott Hall, who unfortunately passed away uh, after complications from hip, hip surgery yesterday, um, which we you know also kind of knew was going to be happening all day because Kevin Ash tweeted out earlier that you know he was on life support and you know they were going to pull him off life support when uh, once his family got a chance to uh, to gather to be with him at the end there. Um, so it really sucks. Scott Hall is one of the most, for, for those that aren't familiar with the ins and outs of professional wrestling, Scott Hall is probably the most talented guy that never quite made it to like the tip top of the industry. Like he was never, he was never a world champion in any of the major federations, but he still had a huge impact on professional wrestling for a variety of different reasons. Um, not only because, you know, he, he was one of the guys that came to WCW to start the NWO, which changed professional wrestling forever. He was, he's often credited as being the guy who came up with the NWO concepts, um, or, or at least a great part of that credited with the guy that came up with the sting crow gimmick, um, for sting, and a guy that was really good at making other wrestlers look amazingly talented. You know, everyone's got their favorite from the different eras of pro wrestling. Um, in the eighties, I was a macho man guy in the, in the early nineties, Razor Ramon was my favorite wrestler because I thought he was just so fucking 
cool. He was just cool, man. Like he oozed a certain, that character and Scott Hall in general oozed a certain confidence when he got in that ring. And he was just, he was like untouchable. He was untouchable, dude. And he was, he was, a, he was a huge guy, right? Like mm-hmm. he was, he was, he was tall, but he wasn't like overly muscular. So he didn't look he like was, he was freak. lean. In fact, I, I would, yeah. I agree. He was like super lean for a guy that's six, seven or whatever. He yeah, was. man. Like he was, he was, he was so fucking cool. Look, when I was younger, I didn't know. I thought this dude was from Cuba, yo. Like this, this horrendous <laughs> accent. This horrendous accent I 100% bought into because I was just in love with Razor Ramon. I thought he was so goddamn cool. When he and, uh, and you know, I like the Outsiders, right? I like Kevin Nash. I think it was an all right dude. But, like, nah, between the two of them, like, you came there for Scott Hall. Mm-hmm. and And when they came out, uh, to what well, one when he was raised Ramon, I'll I will always remember uh what he did for Sean Waltman as uh the Lightning Kid and then the One Two Three Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, when when Sean Waltman got that pin on him and and Razor Ramon bounced up and he's just like what <laughs> like <laughs> like like it was but that's the type of stuff that he would do for people right like and when he came out uh that night. Uh, and he was basically like, you know who I am or you don't know why I'm here. And he still had a little bit of that, that, that horrendous accent. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like it was so cool, man, because, yo, he had what is quite possibly my favorite finisher of all time, Mm -hmm. uh, the razor's edge power bomb. And it looked magnificent on when he did it. Because the dude is gigantic. Like, mm-hmm. you see other people do it, right? And it's like, okay, but, like, I feel like if you can just kind of wiggle, you can touch, your feet can touch the ground and you'll be fine. Like, nah, yo, when Razor Ramon put you up there, you were fucking up there, man. And, um, and you know, a little, uh, uh, I mean, I guess it's a well-known fact. When he did, that was the most protected finisher when he did it. Because mm-hmm. nobody kicked out of it, and if he was said, if he was scheduled to lose a match, he just wouldn't do it. Yep, he just wouldn't do it. That's why I said, like, like, be, and because he lost a fair amount, like, like he was one of the rarest sights to see, as well. Yeah, like, man. you didn't see it all the time when it when it got busted out. Which, which again, by today's standards, is crazy because, like, you know, you see like multiple finishers of match all the time. It seems like anymore right. nowadays. <laughs> right. Like people have two different finishers because the first finisher is their main finisher. That's the one that you can, you know, go ahead and kick out of the, you know, phenomenal forearm, but I'm going to do the styles clash now. So you can't kick out of that <laughs> until you do at a pay-per-view like, all right. Um, yeah, man, Scott Hall. It's, you know, 63 is so young, man. 63 is so young. And like he had his demons, and um, and I, I'm not here to I'm not here right now to condemn. As far as I know, like the dude wasn't like a total bastard, right? But he had his demons, man. And it seemed like everything was kind of getting back on track. And mm-hmm. it, it's a really good redemption story. And everybody loves a redemption story, uh, especially wrestling fans, because like we we grew up with these guys, man. And and they. They do all this stuff like it's cliche, but like they put their bodies on the line for our entertainment, but they do. And there's no it's a hard business, man. I remember uh, Roddy Piper saying once that 
wrestling has a tremendous entrance package, but there's no exit plan. Mm-hmm. And and which is why you see people like Ric Flair wrestling well into his 60s and 70s. Why you see people like Hulk Hogan still making appearances and trying because like they don't have anything else, man. And and I'm 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 but but we as wrestling fans, we love these people. And uh this one really bummed me out, man. Yeah. Like it really did. 63 is way too young for somebody to die, man. It really is. Yeah, I mean, and I and it wasn't like I don't know. Like it it was I wasn't shocked because again, like you mentioned, like he's had a lot of health struggles in his life. Um yep. you know, well known for having a you know major drinking problem that, you know, haunted him for pretty much his entire professional wrestling career. Um and it's probably one of the reasons why he could never get to that next level because he was, you know, known for being pretty unreliable because of those issues that he had. Um, but it still came with a surprise, especially because as you mentioned, like he had been working with diamond Dallas page a lot to, you know, get his health back and, and to get his life together. And, you know, him and Jake Roberts were, you know, two guys who, you know, Dallas really helped quite a bit, um, over the years. And it was always really good to see Scott Hall at, you know, the WWE events when he, when he popped out and things of that nature. So they kind of have taken away. And this was one of the times where every single person, like everyone's every like wrestler, like online and Twitter and stuff like that seemed like really fucking bummed out by this one more, more so than I've ever seen. Like, like usually you get like the perfunctory, you know, condolences and stuff like that. And, but everyone like had a personal story, to tell about this guy and you know, all that kind of stuff. Like even cam, like cam had a great story. Um, I think on Instagram that I saw, or, or might've been in, in the uh, fan group, um, you know, where he, he went up to Scott hall when he was, you know, managing a restaurant and he felt like kind of awkward in doing it. And Scott hall told him, he's like, Oh, he's like, no, he's like, what the, what the fuck do you think I worked so hard to become famous for? Like, I love this shit. <laughs> like always, always come up and say hello to me when you see, <laughs> when, when you see me and shit like that. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so yeah, but it fucking bummer. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it sucks. Uh, but you know, it's, it also reminded me why Scott Hall was a fucking, was a fucking badass. And it just really, I just from a very selfish standpoint, it really sucks that I don't think we ever got to see him fulfill the potential that was there. Um, yeah, for him, for him, just from a wrestling point of view, because of whatever reason. Yeah. I just, I, I shed a tear, man. Like it really, it really hurt me, man. Like it, I was, I was, I was bummed out, dude. Like I couldn't, like you said, I could believe it, but it's not something that you want to believe. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, it, it sucks, but safe home to the bad guy, man. Like it just, whew, damn. So to get back to uh real world events, just like I said, a couple big stories in the news uh, over the past couple weeks. So obviously the, you know, Russia has invaded Ukraine um, and are literally trying to, you know, fight back Ukraine, like Ukrainian citizens, like forget the army, like Ukrainian citizens are standing up to these fucking guys um, and have released and, and they've received a ton of condemnation uh, from a lot of folks around the world. That includes a shitload of companies uh, and the gaming uh, industry is no exception. Uh, EA, Ubisoft, Microsoft, CD Projekt Red. Um, I know PlayStation has stopped sending in um, 
you know, like new supplies and stuff like that. Nintendo pulled payments from the eShop in Russia. So the gaming industry seems like as a whole uh, to really be pulling business out of Russia while this is going on right now. Um, There is probably two reasons that that's true. Uh, I think there's a small PR altruism reason that you do it. Uh, Also, the ruble is in the fucking shitter right now. So I don't think any company really (laughs) wants really, really wants to be paid uh, in rubles right this second because uh, it's it's real bad as far as what the rubles worth right now. So. uh, So, again, I I would expect that to continue. There's there's really not much to say about it. I I was just impressed with the speed uh, to which game companies were just like, nah, like we're going to. There is a there's a very very important thing that needs to be said, Brad. Get your politics out of my video games. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, it seems like almost every week or every other week, at least three times a month, uh, uh, out of out of the four weeks in a month, you uh, you you bring up a story. Uh, I don't know how you find them. I don't know how you find them. <laughs> I, I, I had to dig real deep. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, uh, not many, not many people have heard about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. <laughs> I mean, is that a is that is that a plot point in the new Call of Duty game? <laughs> God, don't don't I, I don't need to. Oh God. Oh, I'm waiting for that. Oh, how long? How long do you think? How long do you think they'll wait? Do you do you think oh, they'll have man. the couth to wait? Because uh, because remember not- they they can they can they can do a completely tasteless rendition of this because America is not involved. Like we can't we can't do right. the war in Afghanistan, <laughs> Call of Duty war in Afghanistan because that would be embarrassing to the United States. But we can absolutely do uh, Russia versus Ukraine. Like that, there's no problem there. I feel like you can't do it with the next release, right? Because depending on how long this takes, the next release might be too close, right? If things kind of if things if if this thing like goes away uh mm-hmm. and and ends the way that the good guys want it to end right with the annihilation of russia right then okay the not this not this upcoming release but the next release right because yeah. it's got to be a ha- one it's got to <laughs> be a happy ending and two it can't be so close that people still think about it because then it's like oh it's kind of uncouth right Although if it's like a massive, like if it's like a massive victory, right? Like, like if, it, like if it goes to World War Three, you ain't getting, you ain't getting it in a video game. But, but if the if if Ukraine can kind of hold out and and be the underdog, like that's a that's a story that some some fucking asshole will be more yeah. than willing to tell and or document on film. Yeah, I mean, and like said, Ukrainian game developers have had to leave the country. Like Stalker Two has been delayed indefinitely because they're just like, we need to leave so we don't fucking get killed. Um, Nintendo delayed the new Advance Wars because there's a faction in Advance Wars that is very obviously modeled off of the Russians, and you don't really (laughs) want to have a game that has very obviously Russian people uh, rolling tanks through streets and stuff like that right now because that's not a good look. So you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um. The other news is definitely kind of flew under the radar, but it's definitely in our bailiwick. So I figured it'd be good to talk about on this show. Um, Capcom has added some additional restrictions to uh, official events uh, that people want to do. Um, 
here's a couple of the highlights from what they rolled out. And, and when I say the term TO, it stands for tournament organizer. I just don't feel like saying that phrase a ton. Um, so all TOs, no matter what kind of following they have, must get a community license or esports license from Capcom to use Street Fighter Five at their events. Okay. Uh, total event prize pools and sponsorships must be reported and must be under certain thresholds that are determined by whether it's a, quote, community event or, quote, esports event. So I guess they have restrictions on, depending on the size of the turnout, like what the prizes could be. Yeah. Uh, TOs cannot charge spectator fees and merchandise based on Street Fighter assets is not allowed to be sold at the event. Okay. Uh, that seems, that seems uh, a little, little restrictive there. Uh, TOs can use assets from Capcom to advertise their event as long as they fall within a new style guideline. And Micah, I don't know if you saw the style guideline, uh, but it's quite specific if you, if you read down <laughs> to the point where like you, like you can't even have the street fighter logo superimposed on the same like block of color as the advertisement for the event. Like you have to have two distinct uh, color blocks, which is pretty wild. And then finally, one of the other big ones, uh, events cannot be broadcast via cable or over the air television. Uh, Capcom reserves the right to streams, pictures, and any videos from the events. So. Okay. Yeah. The first, the first two, um, Ultimate organizers must get a community license. I mean, I okay. Look, all of these, I kind, I understand where Capcom's coming from, right? Yes. Like, it's their property. They want and they want to. They want to maintain a certain control over it, especially if you know Street Fighter Six comes out, and it, it, depending on what they, you know, how they market it, they want to. They want to establish these guidelines now for the future, right? I get it. Total prize pool and sponsorships must be reported and must be under certain thresholds. I'm looking at the thresholds now. Look, I have not participated in too many of these tournaments and certainly not for money because I am not confident enough in my skills to pay to play a fighting game. Um, but these numbers seem very, very small. Mm-hmm. And I and that is 100%. So Capcom themselves can, at, at Capcom Cup or whatever tournament they have, uh, that is 100% so they can keep their winnings low, right? Like one, well, and, and, and also to keep their events as the only marquee events, because marquee as, event. as mentioned in the article that we're looking at on Shaq news, like the, the people, the areas that are going to, or the tournaments that are going to suffer the most from this is probably stuff like combo breaker, probably something like dream hack. Um, what's the other one that happens in Atlanta? That that is combo breaker, isn't it? That is combo breaker. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like all of these like non-official but still very well-known fighting game tournaments, it seems like that's what they're trying to kind of clamp down on because those tournaments are getting a lot of views and therefore getting a lot of money. And so Capcom's like, that's our pie. Uh, you can't have it <laughs> unless we allow you to. That That's kind of how I see it. Um, combo break is huge, man. Yeah. Like combo break, (laughs) like for something that's not like official, it's huge. Like all you have to do is go onto their website and you can see how big this thing is, man. Like, it's not like in the back of a, it's not like in the back of an arcade, you know, and, and people are just kind of like fucking around. Nah, man, it's huge. Um, 
Yeah, this is kind of this is kind of that second one is kind of kind of whack. Um, again, I understand where Capcom is coming from, but it just it's not a good look, man. Like no. it really it really isn't. Um, yeah, <laughs> they must get a they must get a license. I, I get that one, but like the 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 payout is just is just really kind of shady. Well, and and the thing is, like, there's really no. They only they only stand to lose here because other event like other game publishers will look at these restrictions and like push really hard to be like, you know, Axis will be like, hey, like maybe you should feature Guilty Gear instead at, at Combo right. Breaker. And, and you know, like uh, like there are other places that are much more willing to work with these events because it knows that it only benefits the game ultimately. And that's the thing I don't get about Capcom either. Like I understand that there's money maybe that you want out of this and you don't want to let these other tournaments be huge and make a shitload of money. They're also advertising your game for you. <laughs> like, like it's yeah, not like I mean, like they, they really they, are, man. They really are advertising your game for you, and uh, especially this is not a good look uh, uh, when you have uh, the 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 marquee fighter of all fighting games getting ready to release a sixth iteration. Yeah, like it just it's just weird. It's just very weird. Like people aren't going to forget this, uh, which means the Street Fighter Six better be awesome out the gate. Yeah, because if Street Fighter Six comes out like Street Fighter Five came out, uh, people will be more than happy to not feature that game at any tournament. Like, get out of here. Even Evo this year, even Evo this year, the main game is dependent upon number of entrants. So Street Fighter might not be the main game for Sunday night. So, all right, man. Like you, you, you gonna fuck around and find out. <laughs> so more more on this as it develops um i'm sure we'll hear a lot more noise about that as time goes along but it just at least it, it's just not a good look for gapcom um very quickly the post office we won't spend a ton of time here uh phil wander says what is the best controller you've ever played for fighting games uh as longtime listeners in the show know i'm a fighting stick guy so my i still have my ps3 uh street fighter 4 tournament uh the mad cats think it was the te fight stick uh, that I tricked out and made my own, and that still works just fine for me. I um I never got I never got the the muscle memory for fighting with a stick. Um, I always use a pad. I'm I'm again I'm bad at games, guys. Uh, I'm a pad player. Um, I and the PlayStation brand of uh the PlayStation family of uh controllers are the ones that i use for all fighting games i i try playing on an xbox it doesn't work i try playing on an xbox with uh multiple different types of games like i play tekken uh via tekken claw right like mm. like I, I hold it like this and then tap like that um can't i can't do it with an xbox controller it doesn't feel right like the the buttons aren't in a they don't feel like they're in a perfect um uh night at a perfect perpendicular angle like it just the the way the curvature of the controller is it just doesn't it doesn't work for that so playstation all the way uh johnny says with so many great open world games already out this year should people be worried that breath of the wild 2 will not live up to the hype um you know i did not get into breath of the wild i didn't uh, I, there was a, something about it. I, I don't know if I'm just kind of over the legend of Zelda as a series, 
Um, mm. I don't know if it's because it was something so brand new. I don't know if it's because I just didn't give it a chance. But um, I couldn't get into breath of breath. I don't know why I keep saying breast of the wild. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't get into breath of the wild. Um, so I'm not necessarily hyped for a sequel. Mm. Um, I, but it's my understanding that literally everyone but me loves that game. So I, I don't, I like breath of the wild. I mean, I put 40 hours into it. I never beat it. Um, it was fine. Like, like I enjoyed exploring it. I think the only, I think the game will live up to the hype. Fine. I think that it could be disappointing if they, if, if it's more, if it's too samey to breath of the wild, like they have to have some new shit in the game to really get people um, enthused. And I think what that thing should be, uh, is more of the traditional Zelda style dungeons. Like the shrines were cool. Um, but they, but they only had like f- four dungeons in the game. Like even, it, I, I didn't beat the game, but I don't even think Hyrule castle was a proper dungeon. Like, I think that was literally just kind of walk in the door and then, you know, boss fight against Ganon. Essentially. I think getting there was the fucking was the dungeon essentially. Um, so they only had like four dungeons with like the great beasts or the animals, whatever the fuck they were. So I think more proper dungeons would be what folks are looking for uh, from, from breath of the wild too. But I think it'll, I think it'll be fine as far as the, the hype level goes. And then finally, uh, Trey asks, what is the over under on the FGC thing pieces being made with the newfound appreciation for tournament fighters, uh, which is the terrible TMNT fighting game that's getting a second life because of this Calabunga collection. Uh, that's coming out uh, on these consoles. Man, no one's gonna give a shit about fucking tournament fighters. Yeah. Like that, like that game is fun to fuck around with on a couch with somebody. Um, oh, yeah. But it is not a serious fighting game, <laughs> and, and nor should it be treated as such. I would love a a serious Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fighting game, but uh, no, this ain't it. This ain't it. Just because <laughs> I like the property, but this ain't it. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody really cares. No, nah, I don't think anyone's gonna give a shit. <laughs> so that is uh, that is it for this week's show. Uh, thank you guys very much for submitting your questions to the post office, which you can do at densepixels.com slash fans by joining our Discord. Uh, go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Subscribe there as well as subscribing to the podcast wherever you download fine podcasts. And then subscribe to all the Twitch channels, uh, twitch.tv slash densepixels. Um, I am also findable at densepixels. Brad, Terrence is apparition 410. Carrie is Suffolk's Carrie. Uh, and that is it. Uh, we will be back next week with probably even more Elden Ring talk. Yeah, get ready. And folks. maybe some news. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. See ya.